Hey everybody, welcome to The Buzz, your entertainment podcast with Megan Miller and Scott Tatey talking about what's going on concert-wise, TV, movies, everything, entertainment, Beaver County, Pittsburgh area. How you doing, Megan? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Doing well. You got your, your green, what is that, kale? Yeah, I think, that, yeah, this is actually spinach and banana and mango and all kind of things mixed up into a juice form. Oh, man, I had my first coffee in 48 hours here, so this ought to be a good show. <laughs> all caffeinated, hydrated, ready to go. So let's, what's going on this week? Uh, looking at the concert calendar, first up will be Diana Krall, Tuesday at the Benenden Center. Uh, she's won, I don't know how many Grammys over there, I think it's like eight Grammy Awards. Uh, I've listened to her new album, it's 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 traditional. She's doing some old, uh, like Nat King Cole, Cole Porter kind of songs, uh, she kind of does real stark uh, arrangements of them, but it, it's all, all love songs, all romantic stuff. So it ought to be an interesting night at the Benetton Center. That's this Tuesday. Cool. And then uh, Wednesday, we're throwing a new or a relatively new unused uh, concert venue into the mix for a certain kind of show. Looking forward to that. It's uh, Highmark Stadium, the home of the Pittsburgh Riverhound soccer team. But there's that, that beautiful location right along the river next to Station Square. Yes, they're going to have a concert couple uh, alternative bands. They're, they're kind of a little hip-hop, a little reggae, a little punk. Uh, they're called uh, Dirty Heads. Another band, Soja. That's S-O-J-A from uh, California. And, uh, you know, they, they have a fan base. They're, they're definitely going to do well. I think a good turnout. And uh, just looking forward to the checking out this venue. They've only had one concert there so far. That was Steve Miller Band. It, it rained like crazy that day, so they had to reschedule it. I don't think it did as well because of the, it was just so crazy, the rescheduling and everything. So... This, this would be a, a truer test, I think, for this new concert venue. Yeah, and they announced it quite a few months ago now, it seems like. And I hope I hope it does well, and I hope they continue using that as a venue because, I mean, we have so many different venues in Pittsburgh um, in the surrounding area, but that is a really cool one for, like, an outdoor in the summer, but for somebody who can't quite fill Heinz Field or PNC Park. And the stage is going to be right on the soccer field, so you're sitting in the bleachers or, or standing on the on the, the ground there, and you're looking at the city skyline. You're going to have a, a gorgeous shot of Pittsburgh. Uh, the, the stadium itself has a little, like, Irish pub or, or English pub there, so it's, it's kind of a quaint little place. And uh, I, I just miss, if you remember, of course, when the, amphitheater, the Chevrolet Amphitheater was there at Station Square. Oh, yeah. Such a neat place to see a show because you had the view of the skyline of Pittsburgh right across the river, and, and you were able to walk around and kind of take in the whole – Station Square thing. So th- I've been missing that. So I'm hoping this is going to fill that void at least a little bit. I saw Jewel there once back in Jewel. the day. Jewel and with the opening act of M2M. Oh, man. So I'm sure you can figure out the year based on that. But yeah, I I like because it's not in this exact same place, right? Correct. It's where, uh, you know, where the hard, well, I'm sorry, where like Rod Woodson's used to be way back in the day, where Rock Jungle used to be, where the, what was the country place? Uh, they, they had the, the mechanical bull, the first one oh, in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I just looked that up because <laughs> I can never remember the name of it. It's across from the trolley stop. Yeah, it's across from the, the Grand Concourse. So uh, the other side of the Smithfield Street Bridge, basically, than where all the other uh, Station Square activities are, like the Hard Rock. So you, you probably park in the same spot. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll report back next week and give a review what I think of this, this venue. Yeah, I'm almost more intrigued about how the – actual venue is than the concert yeah it's interesting the the headline of dirty heads uh sort of a younger demographic i, I would think you're going to see a lot of uh sort of 1824 there so uh, i don't know if that's what they're going to be aiming for this venue uh it's drusky entertainment the big concert promoter nobody does more shows in pittsburgh than drusky so uh i, I get the feeling they're gonna they're kind of testing it well as well to see how it does and if it's a raging success 
probably start booking some more shows there. Yeah, let's hope and stay tuned. And yeah, you can report back next week. Um, and there is a uh, festival coming to Elwood City, the annual uh, Arts, Crafts, and Food Festival. Um, never been there, but I hear it draws just thousands of people over the week um, weekend-long celebration. Yeah, get ready. Get ready to either you, you can pay to park, and the money goes to like the fire department, or get ready to walk about a mile because it's it's really hard to find a parking space. But uh, it's because it's so popular. It's a good time. I, li- I like the simplicity of the name, too. Elwood City Arts, Crafts, and Foods Festival. You know exactly what you're getting. You know what you're getting. It's not a fancy, you know, cryptic-type name. <laughs> you know to go for arts, crafts, and food. And I know they have fireworks um, on the last day. And it always coincides sort of with, you know, the 4th of July holiday. And it's a big homecoming for Elwood City area people. So many of them play in their vacation. They, they come back if, if you moved out of the area. And you'll see a lot of unions people having sort of parties on their porch beforehand. Uh and we mentioned arts at this festival. There's definitely music, too, if you want to include that. We have an interview with the Brighton Boys, who are the Saturday night headliner. That'll be online uh, Wednesday. Yeah, that's this week's Get Out This Weekend. So if you log on to timesonline.com slash entertainment uh, at noon Wednesday, you'll get to see that video. And that's a good get for the, the Elwood City Festival. The Brighton Boys, they, they're in the midst of a, of a college tour. They've been as far as Missouri. They, they're going down to Florida, Georgia. They're, they're playing all over. Uh, you know, they're really a band on the rise, and, and they're doing this, and I'm sure there'll be a huge turnout Saturday night. A lot of people are going to stick around just for the music. Uh, but we have the whole lineup, and uh, it'll be online Wednesday and in Thursday's weekend section. Everything you want, uh, you know, from country to jazz to, to pop rock to classic rock. Uh, they have a pretty good lineup there. So, yeah, give it some thought. It's three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then um, I guess on Saturday, you're going to be hanging tough oh. at PPG Paints Arena. Oh. <laughs> you know, I had to... I have, I have like four puns, and I'm going to be using them all week. <laughs> uh, New Kids on the Block is going to be um, at the hockey arena, along with Paula Abdul and Boys to Men. I'm mainly going for the Paula Abdul spectacle. I've, I've never seen her live. I can't remember if she's ever played Pittsburgh since the 80s, maybe. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. I'm hoping she's singing. I hope it's not just a... Uh, a lot of dancing and video. Um, you know, I, I to be honest, I never, I've yet to see New Kids on the Block. I've, I've covered every major, uh, you know, Teeny Bopper Band, Spice Girls, Backstreet, NSYNC. Uh, I listened to them all the other day, but I've never seen a New Kids on the Block show. It's interesting. I saw them a couple, I guess two years ago. It actually was the same night that Steve Miller Band um, oh. was scheduled at the uh, Highmark Stadium, and it, I remember it was pouring down rain that day, um, but they were at uh, what was then Console Energy Center with Nelly and TLC, and it was the main event, and it was like a stage in the round, and I didn't know what to expect. I was expecting to walk in thinking it was a punchline, and I was expecting to walk out thinking <laughs> the same way, And but there was something to it. I mean, it was... As long as you check reality at the door a little bit, like, they, they do try. I mean, they do really try to put on a good show and I mean it's entertaining it takes you back like you'll see people with the big buttons from that they had back in the 80s acid wash jeans I don't remember that but I just remember the big buttons a lot of homemade shirts because (laughs) you figure most of the people there are mid to late 30s and 40s because that's who the fans were back in the day when they were for the first time around. I get a sense that the group itself isn't taking itself too seriously. Is that is that correct? They're they're, they're kind of having fun with it. And yes and no. Um, I didn't. I thought the same thing when I went to see the Backstreet Boys a couple years ago. Like, are they in on the joke, or are they like? You know, like, what exactly is their mentality? But they, I think they do have some fun, like, fun with it a little. Like, they know 
that they're not 19 anymore. They know. But then at the same time, when they're dancing and stuff, they're doing the same moves that they... <laughs> I mean, they're probably not doing them as quick as they were 30 years ago, but... It's probably a longer recovery period after yeah. some of those dance moves. I'm assuming there's probably a physical therapist on the bus or something to help along with that. Well, who's your favorite, Donnie Jordan? Oh, I think Joey. back in the day, it was a tie between Jordan and Joey. <laughs> um, I still have the new kid on the block bath towel, by oh. the way. Um, but yeah, I think Donnie's my recent favorite. <laughs> He's gotten the most TV time with the, the Wahlburgers TV show, his show with uh, Jenny McCarthy, his wife. So yeah, he's he's definitely not camera shy. And uh, I had a chance to interview him years ago when he was in Pittsburgh filming a uh, the, that show Kill Point. Remember it was a oh, miniseries? Oh, I liked that show. Him and John Leguizamo were the stars. And uh, he, he had plenty of nice things to say about Pittsburgh and time he got to spend here. And of course, we had, we had a story months ago that the, the Wahlburgers, the restaurant that the family owns, his brother Paul, the head of it, uh, they're going to be opening a location in the Pittsburgh area by the end of the year. At last check, they hadn't announced where. I, I sent an email the other day and hadn't heard back. But uh, So you'll be hearing more about the Wahlberg family, including Donnie. Yeah, maybe he'll be scouting while he's in town. That could be. Who knows? Although, that would make a lot of sense to put it in one of the stadiums. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that would get a lot of traffic. Like, I mean, that would... Your Boston one's right across the street from Fenway Park. So, yeah, yeah, that would be really, like, either in the stadium or right around one. That would get a lot of uh, foot traffic. So. As if a con- that concert isn't enough of an all-star-studded lineup with New Kids on the Block and Paula Abdul, you also have Boys to Men singing the same show. Uh, yeah, I've never seen them before, and I, I feel like they would be a really good a good um, act to see. And, uh, of course, they're doing a Geico commercial now, which is kind of funny. They're, they're pointing out how their voices are so smooth, even when they're reading the side effect warnings on a – box of medicine they still sound good so uh hopefully they'll have some fun with that as well yeah it'll be an interesting show saturday i i think it'll be a good turnout we'll see and we will be right back to talk more concerts get ready get set get out this weekend watch every wednesday as i scott tady give you the scoop on local entertainment and help you plan how to get out this weekend sponsored by lincoln park performing arts center a new episode premieres every Wednesday at timesonline.com slash get out or watch them on our beaver county times roku channel don't miss it. And we are back on the buzz. We're your hosts, Megan Miller and Scott Tady, ready to talk uh, some of the concerts that came into the area last week. And you walked away from a show last week very impressed. I really was. Brian Setzer, uh, his first show in Pittsburgh and many a moon. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I'd enjoy it, but I didn't think I would enjoy it to that level. He played uh, Carnegie Homestead Music Hall, uh, sold out show, or pretty close to. Uh, just, just hit the stage running and just rocked out. 19 songs, no no filler, all killer. It uh, had that great rockabilly sound. He he did all the Stray Cats hits, of course. Uh, did some cool covers, played some surf guitar kind of things. But uh, just the basic rockabilly sound. He's, he had a stand-up bass player and a piano player who never sat in his piano stool. He, had, he just played piano standing up. And uh, they just had a lot of energy. Wasn't a lot of banter with the crowd, but it didn't really need it. And just the look on Brian's face, you could tell he was – just delighted to be on there on stage again and people cheering. Uh, so it wasn't a show with huge, a uh, lot of pre-buzz. You know, there wasn't a lot of anticipation, but, man, he was just really good. I, I didn't realize what a great guitar player he was until seeing him. So I had Brian Setzer pretty high on my uh, best shows of the year so far list. And the best part was no opening act, and it was over at 9.30. At 9.30, yeah. He started two minutes early. Yes. He a gets a gold star for that. Which, hey, if it's Friday night, Saturday night, I don't mind staying out until the cows come home. But, uh, you know, on, on what day? I think it was a Wednesday. Is it a Tuesday? Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm all, I'm all the way down to Munhall. Mun I'm, I'm fine with the show that ends at 9.30 that, that rocked out like that. So uh, thanks for thinking of that too, Brian. And then on Friday night, Train rolled back into Burgett's <laughs> town. Um, 
for KeyBank Pavilion. I noticed a review mentioned them getting on track with something. Yes, I they're you know what? I think they're in on it because before they took the stage, there was a giant like video of a train and a train whistle like chugging along. So it's like, all right, well, if your name is Train, you might as well have some fun with it. But yeah, they um, headlined with um, OAR and Natasha Bedingfield as support acts. What'd you think of the show? I, I read your review, but tell tell our listeners what you thought. Um, it, I really liked it. I feel like Pat Monahan is one of the most cheerful people ever. <laughs> like, he just seems so... And it doesn't seem like an act or a shtick or anything. Like, he just seems like a genuinely happy person. He just seemed happy to be there. And, you know, he puts on a good show. I mean, he didn't... He's an eerie native. Um, I really was expecting him to come out in a Penn's jersey during the encore. And he didn't. Like, he didn't pander too much. He was just saying how, you know, where he came from, um, his high school, and James Connor went to the same high school, which I didn't know that and um you know he had a this uh Steeler jersey that he was gonna sign and you know give out to a fan and everything so that was really cool and you know he did a couple of pandering like we were in Cleveland last night but you know yeah but the uh fans here are so much better (laughs) and then like later on it said something about being in New England but you know you guys are so much better than New England so I mean they pandered a little but the best I think audience interaction moment was there was a marriage proposal on uh, Friday night. I saw that tweet and uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that was popular with the crowd the demo. Yeah um, I feel like a lot of people are rolling their eyes about it and like oh they do that that was staged they do that on every show and everything and I don't think so because his bus driver um, is from Butler and um, I'm this is just pure speculation but I'm assuming his the now uh, bus driver's fiance is from this area. She was at the concert with probably family and friends and stuff. So he proposed in the hometown or in their current town at least with family and friends there. So I think I could corroborate that. I did the interview with Pat Monahan, a phone interview, and at the end of the interview, I said, "Is there anything else you want to say?" He said, "Oh yeah, our, our bus driver's from Butler, and he's a, he gave me his name and everything. It was like he was really making an issue about that." And I, I, couldn't figure out why. So I think they had the seeds planted for this this proposal way back. Because uh, you talked to him a cut like a month or so ago, right? Yes. Like so, yes. this wasn't like a oh hey let's have let's have a fun gimmick for Friday night. So and he did it during "Marry Me," which <laughs> of course, um, which I love that song. You just think it's so pretty. And you know he started playing it and then he stopped. And um, he like started talking about this bus driver, and I just kind of like hit my mom's arm, and I'm like, he's gonna propose, and like that. It was, I mean, regardless of how you feel about public, you know, proposals and stuff, like, it, it was, it was, it was a moment that, like, I'm probably never going to see again at a different concert. My tweet was, this is one more thing you won't see at a Slayer show, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad they did. It sounds like, it sounds like a fun show, though. And, uh, it was. Did all the hits, of course. Yeah, they did all the hits. Um, there's really, you know, no filler in that either. You forget how many hits they actually have until you start listing them. And like, oh, they didn't, they did, I think, one or two new songs off the current album. Um, and they did play that song, of course, which I can't hear that song without it getting stuck in my head for know, days. We've been singing it around the office all last week. Um, but yeah, they had a really good cover, or two cover songs, actually. Um, they did a tribute to uh, Chris Cornell to start the uh, encore. and then, well, That's ambitious, and I, I salute that. Yeah, I thought that was, it was a very interesting choice, um, both because it, it was a tribute, and those are very hard to pull off in the first place, and... 
I don't think there would be a lot of crossover between the audience that was there and them being fans of Audio Slave or Soundgarden. So I think that was a daring choice to pick something that a lot of people might not have, mm-hmm. you know, known or recognized. Um, and then the other one was a very interesting choice. Paul Simon, you can call me Al. You seemed excited about they that. They were. I was excited beforehand because I do like that song. But it brought back um, OAR for that, and they had the drums out and all different kind of things. And it was a really good cover song. Like it was just that might be a song too that a lot of the audience might not be familiar with. But it was just really like jamming, and it, it was a good one. I, it was a really good choice. That's as bouncy of a song as you're ever going to get. And yeah, it was just very, and it just played very well into the energy level that. Pat Monahan already, you know, brought to the stage. So uh, I noticed your review. You said about half full. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, the last time I I saw them two years ago, around the it was the end of June. Um, I think it was in 2015, and it was with Matt Nathan Matt Nathanson in the fray, and then Train. And it wasn't very crowded. I know they were doing the upgrades uh, from the lawn to the pavilion, and it was after like a few days of rain and the lawn just looked like a mud pit and it was the same on uh, Friday too and I know they were doing like upgrades and stuff because I saw um, a lot of people uh, with blankets in the pavilion so um, I I'm glad they did that because that the lawn just didn't look like a giant mud pit because it had been raining a lot all last week and all day Friday. Um, but yeah, I am wondering if they're gonna the next time they come back if they're gonna come back to the Key Bank because I mean there weren't I mean there were just a lot of you know empty rows and it filled in as the um, show went on, but. When I was like walking uh, out of the pavilion as the show was still, or out of like the seated area as the show um, was going on, the lawn was just so sparse. And like, I know I've seen that lawn before at a sold out show and it's almost shoulder to shoulder. So I don't know. I'm wondering if, you know, maybe the next time they will go to like the Pete or I think there's still, there's too many people for even outdoor stage AE, but maybe the Pete or PPG Paints or maybe the soccer stadium. Yeah, I think they need a harder hitter, harder hitting uh, support act. They had OAR who they, I remember seeing them in 2002. Like if they would have a Maroon 5 or someone uh, comparable, Almost I, I think like that would be well. Almost yes. bill, yes. I think they, because the fray was cool to see the last time. I hadn't seen them before and we all know how I feel about Matt Nathanson. I can never see him in but I, I don't know if people would actually, actually drive to Key Bank just for OAR, but I feel like they would if it... Like, I remember years ago, there was John Mayer and Maroon 5, and I remember that being a really good ticket. Because people would go just for Maroon 5 or just for John Mayer at that Back at that, then it might still, but back in that time. Is that, that the one Cheryl Crow was on the bill too? Or? No, she, I didn't okay, see her. Okay, I saw her with John Mayer as well. Yeah, that would have been, oh, um, like 2004, I think, um, around there. But yeah, so if they had a really strong like co-headliner, I think they could. Because people were still digging the outdoor shows. There. Dirk's Bentley drew about 20,000 plus uh, the following night at Key Bank yeah. Pavilion. So, uh yeah, but um, anyway, it was a good show. That's the important. It was. Thing. It was really good, and it was cool to see Natasha Bedingfield. I have never seen her before. I don't even remember her really coming here. So she do the hill, the theme from the hills. She did. That's wow. what she ended on, and it was it was cute. I mean, you could tell like people. Were, 
people, she was the first act up, so people were still filtering into the pavilion. It was early in the day, so they were still, you know, seated and everything. And then the opening notes of that started, and you could see where the Hills fans were in the um, audience. So. I'd have been one of them. Yeah, so it, it was a good show. It was a good, you know, um, lineup and everything. And, yeah, I'm curious what uh, Train's next move is. So, yeah, and um, are you ready for uh, this week's love it or loathe it? I am. All right, I think we're loathing the same thing with a un, with a capital L and underline and boldface that uh, ABC is canceling the Pittsburgh set, Pittsburgh filmed Downward Dog. I to me, it's one of the most intelligent shows on TV. It, it's cute. It, it's philosophical. I, I, I'm just a big fan of it. I'm gonna hate to see it go. Yeah, I can't decide if people didn't give it a chance because. The star of the show is a talking dog, and I know you know you hear that and you roll your eyes. And to be honest, the only reason I initially tuned in was because oh, it's filmed and set in Pittsburgh. Let's like see what it's about. Let's support you know the city and everything. And but that's not what kept me watching. The show kept me watching. Yeah, the talking dog is just the the story, the narrative. That's just how they're telling this the story, and you, you catch on to it right away, and you realize this is just a, a show about love and loyalty and. And, and decisions, and but it's got a, a cute sense of humor, and, and uh, but uh, every show has me stopping and thinking. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, it reminds me of Lost in the sense that it's so philosophical that you have to stop and, and think, wow, that's an interesting point. Uh, but it did it in a way that was just breezy, half hour, a lot of Pittsburgh scenery, but it wasn't cliched Pittsburgh. They weren't drinking in Iron City in every scene. They, they weren't at Permani Brothers. It showed a neat side of Pittsburgh, uh, blue collar side as well as the, the young the hipster urban. Side yeah, yeah. So. I, I don't know why I didn't. I, mean, I think the premise was hard for people who didn't give it a chance, and uh, I don't think ABC promoted it very well. Uh, I, I never heard any buzz about it. The only reason I tuned in is because I knew it was set in Pittsburgh. It wasn't like there was a huge promotional campaign behind it. Yeah, and I'm also wondering too because it premiered. When did it premiere? May, like April or May? Mm-hmm. So it was after like the regular season. I don't even think it had a lead in. Um, like, I feel like it would have been a really good lead-in uh, to show it right before or after, like, the finale of Grey's Anatomy or something where people are tuning in or whatever their popular show is or The Bachelor or, you know, whatever, just to kind of uh, entice people a little. And they really didn't do that. Um, I think it was between um, Blackish and... Um, Oh, what's the uh, designated survivor? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that's kind of an odd mix because people that are turning tuning in for designated survivor that's my, that's not exactly the same demographics you know that they're trying to get for a downward dog. So yeah, I don't know. I think it was just kind of a mesh of things that didn't really. If you remember, it, it, it debuted on a Thursday, then right away Wednesday. they moved it to Wednesday, yeah. then right away they moved it to Tuesdays, and I think there's a bigger logjam on Tuesdays too. I I, I don't know. I don't agree with that decision yeah so i'm not sure i just think it might have been a series of things that kind of just not doomed it from the start but didn't necessarily help it either and the one thing you were saying it was philosophical what was funny to me is in the one episode i was actually watching with a not with a dog but the dog was laying (laughs) in you know in front um on the floor and it kind of gives you the perspective from the dog (laughs) and it's something that you never think of before but it's like yeah i mean it the one that i really liked that he that showed him like in the shelter and you know he kept seeing all of these faces and he was scared and you know whatever and then all of a sudden he kept seeing nan who was his owner you know day after day when she adopted him and it it was just an interesting like it's not something that you stop and think about but maybe we should yeah and there are just neat parallels to nan's relationship with her 
on again, off again boyfriend and, and what is love, what is conditional love and loyalty and things like that. So I, I just thought it was a really well-written show and oh well. I'm sad to see it go. <laughs> I really am. I, I wish it would have gotten a little more of a chance, but you know, who knows? Now with all of some of these shows canceling, it's not, I haven't read anything to support this, but it's not unheard of that another channel will pick it up. They, they said they would shop it around, and, I mean, come on, network TV is kind of a dying thing anyway. Everyone's watching Netflix, and uh, this is just another example of, you know, network uh, having an idea and, and not following through with it. I think if this could have been on networks, Netflix, it, it would have done better, or, or, you know, anything, Amazon, whatever. Yeah, it's like Netflix, let's make a bid here, and let's yeah. bring it back for uh, next season. But, yeah, um, so I guess that'll, I hate to end on a low note, but, you know, Downward Dog is canceled. <laughs> we'll... Next week, we'll have, you know, more positive um, news. In the meantime, you can follow um, all of the latest entertainment news at timesonline.com slash entertainment, or you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at my name, at Scott Tady. How, how clever is that? That is very clever. I had to get a little more clever because there are a bunch of Megan Millers out there. I'm at Meggie E, and you can also follow along on this podcast. Where can they find this podcast? Well, Stitcher Radio, of course, uh, on our website, timesonline.com backslash podcast iTunes and SoundCloud. Yes. All uh, kinds of options. All kinds of options to download us and take us on the go each week. Um, until, uh, I guess, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we need a clever tagline. Let's work on that. Yes, that'll be, maybe next week we'll <laughs> debut it. All right, I'm on so, it. Thanks for listening.